Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here, as always, with fellow missionary Mary Guilfoyle. Mary, how are you? I'm happy to be here, Father John. I'm great. And where are we? We are in Oregon. What in the world are we doing in Oregon? We were blessed to be invited to participate in a symposium on the priesthood here at the invitation of Abbot Jeremy Driscoll. So we are we are taking in God's glorious cathedral, which is the outdoors. It's just a beautiful part of the country. Yeah, so I don't know if folks have ever been out to uh, this part of the country, and especially to Mount Angel Abbey and Mount Angel Seminary, but this is uh, really a spectacular place. We're looking at... Oregon's got weird mountains, right? I mean, they, they don't look like the Rockies. These are volcanoes. Yeah. You can see Mount St. Helens from not too far away from here. It's all so beautiful. Yeah, so uh, Abbot Jeremy Driscoll was... Um, Huge influence on my life. I had him my final year, my final semester, actually, when I was in the seminary. He had a profound effect on me, especially with just understanding the liturgy and uh, just came at a perfect time in my life. And we stayed in touch over the years. And um, for some reason, they invited us to come here and do something uh, with this symposium, right, to kind of share, I think, really the fruit of what we've been fortunate to see in our experience of ministering to priests these last three years, huh? It's been a be- it's been a beautiful time here to talk about um, our uh, shared um, desire to um, help inform maybe formation in this post post Christian uh, culture in which we live, and it's just a real testimony to Father John to your um, twenty six years of friendship with the abbot. There is great mutual respect there. Uh, between yeah. the two of you, so that's us. Yeah, I'm not quite sure see. why that is, but uh, anyway. I know why it is on my end. But anyway, before we go any further, how about you pray us in? Yeah, let's do that, and then we'll. Um, we got a special guest with us today. We do. So, so let's it's going to be exciting. It. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just thank you for these days that we're living in right now, and for the simple truth that you continue to hold the world, uh, and the church, and our lives, and all the lives of those we love firmly in your hands. We thank you that you are even at this very moment, calling men and women to abandon everything and to follow you and to be uh, particular cooperators and collaborators with your son in accomplishing your desire, which is to get all your children back. We just pray that you'd uh, continue to raise up many, many more vocations to priesthood, religious life, and a married life, uh, and to continue to help us all to know what and how you're asking us to do with our lives. We surrender this time to you right now. We ask your blessing and your anointing upon it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, Father Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. So as, as you mentioned, Mayor, we, you know, Providence has brought us here, and we're, we're grateful to have the opportunity to, to speak with some faculty members, some alumni of Mount Angel, and then also um, some of the monks. So it's kind of an interesting assembly we've been a part of. And uh, just to hear what's kind of what's going on both here at the seminary as well as uh, in a particular way to talk about how the monks and the monastic life can maybe offer something particularly timely right now for priestly life and for formation for priestly life, right? That was the gist of the the symposium that we were uh, were fortunate to be a part of. And as Providence would have it, again, we happen to have with us a seminarian who's uh, doing an internship with us, right? We do. So... 
Jim, we're so thrilled to have you with us. So we have Jim Musgrave with us and, and it's, it, it's just perfect timing as we break open the topic of who is God calling to the 21st century priesthood and clearly God is calling you. So we're just grateful that you could come with us on this first mission as an intern with Acts 29. Yeah, thank you, Father John and Mary. It's um, been an extraordinary couple of days here just to see the Holy Spirit move and and I'm still just pinching myself in, in, in overwhelming gratitude that God orchestrated all of this and has brought me here with, with you all and to serve alongside you this summer is, is just, uh, I, I can't get over it. It's, it's amazing and I'm just thanking God. You're so our first you. intern. Yeah. No, well, actually, we had an intern before, but you're our first, you're not even our first seminary intern. You're our first official seminary intern, so we're really excited to have you. And we're equally as blessed by having you, Jim, with us. So it might be helpful. Just tell us a little bit about uh, your background, your faith life, and how it is you came to enter seminary. Sure, yeah. So kind of starting back from the, the beginning, because I think it needs to all make sense in God's larger story of... Um, of salvation and of his providence and of his loving care and his pursuit of us. So I didn't grow up with any sort of faith background whatsoever. Um, until one day, the Holy Spirit prompted my dad to say, hey, Jim, I'm going to pull you out of public school and put you in a Catholic school. And I thought, well, <clears throat> we're not Catholic, Dad, so this is... <laughs> what, what? What? Huh? But you're my dad, so I guess I got to do what you, get, what you tell me. And so he... I, I went to this Catholic school and it was the first time I had ever learned about this guy Jesus and read the scriptures and I thought in my mind, well, this kind of all makes sense and it's the truth, but in my immaturity, that's sort of where I stopped. Uh, fast forward four years, went to college, was kind of really at that point um, searching for a more permanent place for, for God in my life and kind of explored different Christian traditions and found myself gravitating back towards the mass because it's where I felt God uh, most fully for obvious reasons, right? But when I learned that in order to become Catholic, you had to go through this process called RCIA, that was six or seven months. I was like, forget it. I don't have time for that. Um, laser focused on getting into medical school, nothing uh, in, was gonna get in the way of that. And so God is extremely patient and he never stops pursuing us. And so he let me do that. Uh, and I went to medical school and was there for two and a half years. I was thriving academically, socially, but was really miserable interiorly. And um, again, it was this, uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit, which I couldn't identify at the, at the time, but just that, that small stirring inside me that said, uh, this isn't your vocation. Again, vocation I don't think was in my vocabulary at the time, but uh, the Lord sort of um, pulled me out of, of medical school and I, I dropped out and all of a sudden, everything I was, my identity, my whole purpose in life sort of vanished overnight. And I was lost and I didn't know who I was or what my purpose was until I started going to mass again. And there was a young priest there and he was on fire and really approachable and just a normal guy. And I started talking to him and through that time with him and that mass, I had my first real encounter with Jesus, I threw my hands up and I said, all right, Lord, um, you seem to have the plan here. And amidst all of this chaos, uh, I, I'm finding real peace in knowing that I don't have to be in control anymore, that you are. And so um, I became Catholic and I moved and 
landed in a town and in a parish where Father John and Mary, where you happen to be serving in God's providence, fell in line with um, a really vibrant, on-fire group of young adults who were just really authentic and attractive witnesses to the faith. And it caused me to say, because I was still searching at that time, it caused me to say, like, what do they have that I don't? Because I want it. And what they had was a, was a deep and meaningful relationship with Jesus and an identity rooted in sonship and daughtership of a really loving father. And that was a game changer for me. I feel like for the, really for the first time I was overwhelmed by the power of the gospel. And um, I went all in. I started getting really involved with evangelization and discipleship. And one day I was giving my testimony at a retreat and Father John um, came up to me afterwards and said, hey, would you, would you want to have coffee? I remember that. You do remember that. Yeah, you look, you just turned white as a sheet. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, he's asking me that question. And because at this time, you know, I, thanks be to God, but the church ladies had been in my, chirping in my ear, asking me, have you ever thought about the priesthood? And I always said, no, you're barking up the wrong tree. I was one of those church you ladies barking up that tree. Please, all, you know. Keep chirping, keep ladies. Keep chirping, please do, because guys need to hear it. Um, and so I did what no one does when Father John asked you to have coffee. I avoided him like the plague for about three months. Uh, I tried to fly under the radar until one day, again, the power of the Holy Spirit said, you know, you need to have coffee with Father John. And so I did. And, and I remember that conversation. We're yeah. sitting outside yeah, yeah. at the coffee the bean cup, yep. on the corner. Mm -hmm. And you looked white as a sheet again, like, I, don't, I know why we're here. <laughs> and do you remember sharing with me, it was an article, um, called The Call for the Warrior Priest. Hmm. Do you remember sharing that? Yeah, I, I do. do. And that image I often prayed with as I launched into this period of discernment, and it was this manly, like marvel-looking almost hmm. priest, and he was a warrior. And no one had ever framed the priesthood in that manner to me before. And so I thought, huh, well... I don't know, is this maybe something God is calling me to? And so what happened was I entered into a deep period of discernment. And during that time, before God even revealed to me that he was calling me to the seminary, the Holy Spirit taught me how to pray. Hmm. Um, I went through a period of, of some healing, um, of some conversion. And what happened was, above all else, I fell deeply in love with Jesus. And through that time, he placed in me the desire to want to deeper discern the priesthood in the seminary. So that's how I landed uh, at the seminary and thanks be to God. And now I'm here and mm -hmm. it's all, it's all the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. It, you, you did a, Jim was with us uh, on this symposium and we didn't tell anybody he was a seminarian, you know, so we just kept saying, oh, he's the newest member of our team. And like, what do you do? He's like, I don't know. I just got here. You literally just got here. I mean, uh, you came on Five, Friday, six on days Friday. ago, and then yeah. got Flew on a plane. Two days later. I met with you on Friday, and all of a sudden, I was on a plane to Portland on Sunday, Sunday. scratching my head, <laughs> thinking, what the heck am I doing? We were moving this, at Holy Spirit speed. Well, yeah. that's, what, that's what missionaries do. And so it wasn't until, you know, the fourth day, actually, that you revealed uh, who you were. And it was perfect, because uh, we had been talking about just the mood in seminaries and what they, what they can do here at Mount Angel uh, to continue to better prepare men for what they're going into. In the priesthood, and so one of the guys had said, um, we, we had kind of themed one of the days as deep listening, you know, like let's do some deep listening to the Holy Spirit about some questions that we had posed, and, and one of the priests, uh, a really good man, he's the head of spiritual formation, said, 
uh, just in passing, he says, this is, this is really good. We need to add to this some deep listening to some of the seminarians. And so you stood up uh, today as we're recording this and said, well, um, I'm one of those seminarians. And everybody kind of went, huh? <laughs> you are? And then um, you gave a beautiful testimony, shared your life like you just did, and then just did a beautiful job, I think, being very honoring to uh, seminary. And all, at the same time, just speaking from your heart as to what it is, I think, that men are looking for as they're going through formation. Uh, and I think people could ask questions of him for an hour or two, don't you, Mary? Yeah, there were some great, there were some great questions. And uh, one particular priest said, you know, um, in terms of need, you know, what is your greatest need? And it was just so, it was just this basic understanding to know who you are as a person. I would love for you to talk about your response to that priest. He said, what can we do? What are you looking for? Sure. Information. I, yeah, I, 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 and I framed this in the context of a formation meeting because I'm a seminarian and that's kind of how we operate um, on a weekly basis, we have we have meeting with priests. So is that like a direct report meeting for those who have absolutely no idea of what seminary life is? Sure, yeah. So you're assigned sort of, it's your boss. It's your weekly, weekly bi-weekly check-in with your boss who just wants to um, check on your progress in the different dimensions of priestly formation. And so you meet with that person and kind of report out on what's going on. Um, and oftentimes that can be very transactional. Mm. Um, and it's, I want an agenda and, and, I, and I want to know how you're doing in all the, these areas and so that I can then make a report um, on, on the seminarians that I've been charged with. And I have had the, the honor of, um, and the privilege of, of being with a formation advisor who was an excellent um, spiritual father to me and truly um, cared about my well-being but on the flip side of that, there are some guys who haven't had that experience. And really, all it is is walking into your um, formation advisor, the priest's office, and just opening up in prayer and then him smiling and saying, hey, Jim, how, how are you doing? It's really as simple and as basic as that. It's, it's being human. It's making it taking it out of a transactional realm and making it relational. It's, it's interesting because as you say that, you know, I, I, Mary, you and I were in a conversation with some folks a couple weeks ago and actually the day that you joined us, um, Jim, I think, and they were just asking, uh, we just come back from some visit somewhere and somebody was just asking, you know, like, what's the synopsis of what you're seeing in the church right now? And I think one of us said, and I think we'd say some variation of this to, to many people like the church just really needs how to be human again what you just described like it's just simple humanity and unfortunately not just in the church this isn't a problem that's just in the church this is in the world we're so transactional yeah. right like yeah. everything that's why we text like i text people because i don't want to talk to you yeah you know like i, I don't want to call you i just want to text you right now i don't want to engage i mean we're so incredibly transactional and that's bled into the church and then into formation for the church too it's so it's uh, it, it's just kind of tragic that i think as you shared that one of the women who was uh, on the faculty here she went she started to cry. She She's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, the bar's that so low. low. Like, we're just talking about smiling and asking how people are doing. But uh, but I think it's interesting, too, as I was listening to that exchange with you and this, and this professor uh, from seminary, um, I, I think it reflects this deep crisis um, in friendship. Yeah. And I think COVID has exacerbated that. You oh, were yeah. talking about, you know, texting. You know, we communicate digitally all the time. 
Um, and I, to your point, Father John, I mean, it, it's recapturing what it means to be human and then how it is we can enter into really real authentic friendship. So it starts with being authentically human, which is one of our, you know, core apostolic values in Acts 29, and then how to enter into friendship yeah. in that way. And it's almost like we're having to go back to the basics, which is unfortunate, but it's the reality in front of us. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the, I don't want to isolate that to the dynamic of uh, a priest and a seminarian in, in the seminary. That's seminarian to seminarian too. And, and I'm offender number one of that. I can be very, uh, because I've been formed by the world for so long, I can be very unpersonable as well. And so uh, it, it's taken me also some readjustment and relearning how to be human and to have relationships and to, to trust guys and open up and be vulnerable. I can so. picture my sisters right now going like, that's why he texts us? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I love you guys. Sorry about that. I really do. I'll call you sometime this year. Um, I'm curious, um, you, you gave your bio and I know uh, we, we've heard you share before, like that it's not that unusual of a story, but uh, for guys coming in the seminary, what's drawing men to priestly, or at least to consider priestly life today? I think what happens when someone who, who God is calling um, to the priesthood, when they're overwhelmed by the power of the gospel and submit, submit their lives to Jesus, and he instills in them a fire and a desire to want to live out their discipleship, um, as a priest, that is uh, invigorating and life-giving, and it makes you fills you with purpose and hope, and you really get excited about it. And that's what I, I mentioned it this morning. Like I've never felt so alive, being a seminarian and being in priestly formation, because I know that to quote Acts twenty-nine, who quotes Saint Joan of Arc, like I think I was born for mm. this. And yeah. When you find that. Um, and when it comes from the Lord, then it's just, it's beautiful and it's, again, it's life-giving and it's, um, it, it makes me feel like I'm, I'm embracing the man who God created me to be. And I think that's what's happening right now, at least with a lot of the guys that I'm entering the seminary so, so, so as you're talking, so we're in Detroit, right? You're at Archdiocese of Detroit Seminary and we're ordaining nobody this year. Yeah. So here you are, you're like, caught by this like what did what practical advice would you give to people to say who are sitting there going like well we need vocations like so what can we do either as priests as you know wives and moms like mary grandmother um what is it that we can do to awaken that or to help awaken that in a man that god's calling to priesthood because we got nobody coming this year yeah i, I think the obvious it might seem, but first and foremost is preach the gospel. Never stop being a disciple and preaching the gospel and inviting guys into that opportunity to be overwhelmed by it. So that's, I think, number one. So that's directed to priests mostly, That's right? directed to okay. priests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, number two, I think, is uh, talk about the priesthood in the way that you, again, this, I think this is directed to, to priests. Um, Frame the priesthood in a way that Father had had framed it to me, and that it, it is a manly calling, mm. um, and and you can you can still be a man, 
Uh, and you, you'll be the man most fully that you were created to be if you really embrace God's will and open up your heart and surrender it to him and listen to him. I think uh, that talking about the priesthood in that way, again, I had never heard it talked about that mm. way before. It had never been framed to me. And that really got me to open up, okay, is this maybe where God is calling you? Second or third, I think we already touched about this, but if, if you sense that there is a guy and you're a young guy in your parish who you see um, and it comes to you in prayer or however it comes to you, don't be afraid to, to chirp. To, to, yeah, to chirp, <laughs> to go up and to ask him like, hey, and affirm him too. Um, hey, I don't see a lot of young guys around. Um, have you ever, mm. and, and I think the question is this, the question is, I think the question that you had asked me, it wasn't, have you ever discerned a vocation to the priesthood? It was, have you ever discerned what God's will is mm. in your life? Because that takes a little of the pressure yeah. off. Yeah. Um, because maybe they, we need fathers too. So maybe they are called to fatherhood, um, to biological fatherhood, but maybe they're called to spiritual fatherhood. But just it, chirp. If you see someone, don't be afraid. Don't be bashful. Um, and yeah, just affirm affirm guys, whether whether they're called to the priesthood or not. As humans, we need affirmation. And, and as disciples, we need affirmation that um, that it isn't strange or weird to to want to share Jesus with people. Mm. So keep chirping people, yes, right? Please. That's the new vocation poster. <laughs> keep yes. chirping. Yes, All right, getting somebody's ear. Like uh, when you see somebody, hey, you ever thought of, have you ever considered what God's calling you to do with your life? I love that. Yeah. I just want to honor you too, Father John, because there's something about the way that you model the priesthood that makes it really attractive. Some days. So um, I would just add that, you know, um, we need attractive witnesses yeah. mm. um, to the priesthood. Mm. And we are blessed beyond all measure to know a number of priests who do just that. Yeah. Um, but how important that is. So so at least in my vocation as, as, as a wife and a mom, when a set of years ago, um, we, we encountered a beautiful family. They just modeled marriage and family in such a beautiful way. And it makes you want to live like that. Right. So, you know, if we can witness our vocations in a beautiful way, in an honest way, an authentically human way, but when we but when we strive to do that, it begets vocations. And yep. and we need strong families in order to get strong families, and we need strong families in order to give birth to um, to the priesthood. And I want to add one other thing because I, I do know, because I've heard, I know there are, are young guys who listen to this podcast and maybe they're discerning. And I, and I want to share this, is that uh, you're not too broken or wounded or damaged. Mm. If God is calling you to this life, um, he will work and bless you and equip you so don't worry about that. Get that out of your head right now. You are holy enough. You'll grow in holiness. Um, and, and you don't have uh, all the tools that you need, but God will equip you with them if this truly is your calling. So don't ever discount yourself because you don't think you're worthy. I love that. This. Because we're not worthy, but with God we are. Yeah, that's a great word. We were just, we were just doing a Bible study, right, with uh, Acts 29, and we were going through 2 Corinthians and... Uh, one of the passages that had jumped out at me when I was uh, in seminary, which came up again in, uh, when we were doing the, uh, 
the Bible study because it's relevant for us as as missionaries because I think everybody senses this. Paul just says, like, who of us is worthy of this? And the answer is, well, nobody is. You know, like, nobody's worthy of this. It's not about being worthy. That's why it's called a gift, right? And if we waited until we were worthy, we'd never step into the call that God has on our life. Yeah, I love that. Um, Just another quick question. Um, how, How can our listeners, how can those who are listening to our conversation, how can they pray for you and your brother seminarians? Yeah, gosh, in so many ways, but um, I think to for 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 us to not lose sight of our identity, to mm. really be rooted in that identity as a son of a father who loves us, who loves me, because it is so easy. It's, you think it's easy to lose sight of that in the world. It's just as easy, unfortunately, to lose sight of that in the seminary. And if you're, if you're not, if that isn't the core, that isn't the foundation, then nothing else makes sense. So just pray that we would, we would daily um, be reminded that we are beloved sons and that um, God has called us to this and will equip us if, if so calls us to be ordained. I, I love that. That's uh, it, it, it strikes me that um, the single biggest issue, doesn't matter where you are, um, even men who are getting formed for the priesthood, um, it always comes back to identity, right? I mean, yeah. we just, um, whether, you've, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're ordained, whether you're training to get uh, ordained, whether you're engaged, um, if we do not know who we are, uh, life's just a nightmare, and and so many things are going on all around us that it's easy to lose sight of who it is that we really are. So uh, I, I love that that you shared that. Thanks very much. We're gonna have lots of time to talk to Jim in the future because because we have you for a number of months. So we're yeah. really grateful. So we're gonna we're gonna do like okay, you've been with us for a couple of months. Uh, now what? You still want to do this? <laughs> so we'd be curious to see how uh, how you continue to grow and just to hear more experiences and and uh, listen more from you as to how we can better understand the situation of a man who's wrestling with a call or trying to hear a call, and then how we can continue to, to pray for you and for your brothers who are in the seminary. But uh, let's leave it there for right now, huh? I mean, I, I, I love ending on the note of identity because, um, you know, like St. Ignatius would always say, like, God doesn't work so much linearly going from point A to point B to point C to point D. He, he moves more he kind of burrows down and he, and he takes like one point and he just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And the one point for every single one of us is he just wants to try to convince us uh, by the power of his spirit of who we are and who we are is exactly what you just said, brother. Uh, we are beloved sons and daughters of the Father, not because of anything that we've done, uh, but because of what he's done and who he is. And because that's true, Do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this. 